This is the Dan and Aaron Like Orama music. <laughs> Added some percussion there for you. Thank um, you very much. You're welcome. You're I welcome thought maybe you were being much. attacked by bees. <laughs> oh no, the bees. It's true. The bees are killing me on yeah, the face. They were percussive bees. Um, they, That's they, the worst kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, That's what uh, they warned us about in the 80s. Yeah, there's only the three of them. percussive bees coming yeah. up from Central America. Yep. Yeah, uh, they they only have three variations. There's uh, B sharp, B's, and B flats. Um, all right, so uh, we're doing an episode, and the episode. I don't. I don't know if I am after that. No. All right, I'm having an episode here. It's a <laughs> mind mind no worky episode. Oh, you're gonna do the um, B sharp. The spaghetti uh, B flat Western something. I hate you. Yes, you know you love me. <sighs> um, <laughs> the uh, yes. So today, I I was clicking a thing. I didn't want that to catch on mic. Microphone. Mm. Today, I would like to talk about a movie called West and Soda. West and Soda is an Italian Western cartoon comedy. Yes, all four of those things. Yeah, I'm Googling now because I have to see this. It is, it's, um, it's available on Amazon Prime right now. Okay. Uh, if, if you have that. There are clips of it on YouTube. Someone had the whole movie posted, but it got taken down a couple weeks ago. Um, this is amazing. I'm looking uh, at the clips of it right now. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. Okay. Um, and to go over that checklist again, it uh-huh. is Italian. Mm-hmm. It is a Western. Yep. It is a cartoon. Yep. And it is a comedy. <laughs> and amazing. I love it. This is it's amazing. so awesome. I'm, I'm watching like the best the clips of. Uh, yeah, it, this is fantastic. Okay, anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really something special. Um, it uh, so the 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 director, the guy who you know, a lot of people did it, but you know, the 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 head honcho over there, so mm-hmm. to speak, is honcho. Is that a, a Spanish word or is it like chemo sabe? Or, I don't know. Anyway. Maybe yeah, I can't is help it you Hawaiian? Oh uh, yes, let's go. It's it's uh, Eastern Polynesian. 
Yes, mahalo yes. to all you honchos out there. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. And um, hola specifically to those of you from Bangladesh. Yes, where yes, yes where Spanish was invented. Mhm. Right. Right. Um, you, you haven't read Don Quixote until you've read it in the original Bangladeshi. <laughs> the original Bengal, yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's all it's all about tigers. Yeah. Anyway, so the main guy <laughs> who did it <laughs> is named Bruno Bazzetto. Um, That's a great and name. Isn't that a great yeah. name? Yeah. I love that name. Yeah. Bruno Bazzetto. That's the type of um, name that you announce loudly when you walk into a bar and people just kind of look at you and they're like, for a name Ooh, like that, Bruno five free shots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now pitching third baseman. Number eight, Bruno Bazzetto. 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 So Bruno Bazzetto, he uh, is an Italian guy. Never would have guessed. And he is well known over there for a series of cartoons, like little like 10-minute cartoons uh, about a guy named Mr. Rossi. R-O-S-S-I. Mr. Rossi. Okay. and they were really popular in Italy, and they were, you know, they might have made it over to like Germany and France, but uh, like basically unknown in uh, America. And uh, they're 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 from like the seventies, seventies. I found the full movie, and now I'm watching it on Amazon Prime. <laughs> well, pay attention to the conversation too. God, I'm, 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 I've got it muted. I'm I'm I'm, I'm listening Re- to you, and yeah. Rude, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm using my uh, limited faculties to uh, multi-thread here. Anyway, Aaron, A A R O N. That's awfully rude of n- <laughs> you. You. <laughs> I'll take it. Um. So. Uh, Mr. Rossi was uh, a series of shorts, and they're all pretty good. Mm-hmm. Some of them are crap. You know, it's like everything else. The, as right. you go into the late 70s and into the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, no one made a good cartoon for like 20,000 years. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, because that was um, the, what was that? That was the uh, Hanna-Barbera era of, um, let's just churn out... Um, We've, they we've got they literally Xerox. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was a lot of actual Xeroxing. Yeah. By yeah. animation studios. Yeah. Um, if you are a not an artist or a cartoonist or a fan, um, that's really bad. Yeah. It's it's really lazy, and it. Uh, I mean, like the lines would show up. Yeah. <laughs> on the final, yeah. it was it was bad. Yeah. And that was also the era of, because um, I think that that period of time where Hanna Barbera kind of dominated the um, television animated landscape, they had yeah. figured out a formula that was so inexpensive and yet yeah. so successful that they they could save all of this money on animation. And randomly hire the weirdest folks to be 
guests on like well, yeah, Scooby like Doo or exactly wherever so, you know with Sonny and Cher or yeah. the Harlem Globetrotters, right? Or right. yeah, or Maxwell Smart, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Don, what was his name? Don. Mm. Oh God, it's going to kill me. It yeah, it's Inspector Gadget and Maxwell Smart. Um, he was also uh, the uh, the. Penguin, who was a detective. Don Adams. Don Adams. Don thank Adams. you very much. Yep. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Don't worry, Chief. Uh, none of, I'm always on duty. Yeah. So none of that matters. Mm -mm. No, none um, of that matters because we're talking about Weston Soda. Weston Soda. So this guy, Bruno Bezzetto. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to... Weston Soto, which we'll get to very, very shortly. He also yep. did Mr. Rossi, which are good, and it's similar. Um, and mm, all his stuff reminds me of um, God, Roger Ramjet. Yes! And, I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, coincidentally, Roger Ramjet and Weston Soda came out the same year, 1965. Mm-hmm. One in Italy and one in California. And, I mean, obviously they didn't know what the other one was doing. Yeah, the other one um, that was going through my head as I've been watching the animation is um, Wacky Races. Um, and, yeah, that was yeah. like ten years later, five yeah, years later. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. true. Also, yeah. uh, Peabody and Sherman... Uh, very yep. similar. Yeah, uh, anyway. Yeah, the early 60s, yep. 61 to 64 is when Bullwinkle was on. Rocky right. and Bullwinkle. Oh, yeah! And, That's yeah, the other one was Peabody going through my Sherman, head. Your yes. fractured fairy tales. Yeah, Rocky and Bullwinkle is the root of all of this. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. animation style is this attempt to draw a line in the sand between doing it Warner Brothers style and creating their own signature style. And, well, and, actually, well, actually, I was going to talk about this in about 45 minutes, but let's I'm get sorry. it out of the way. I, I think I've jumped your uh, your your needle there. I'm sorry about that. How dare you? It's like you cool. think it's a conversation or something. <laughs> um, quite easily. I did. Quite no, easily. No, no, no. I, I wanted I wanted to uh, to get around to this anyway. And it's one of those things where it's like, do you talk about the big thing and then mm -hmm. all the context behind it? Or right. do you get all the context and then talk about the thing? So this time we'll do context first. Cool. So, uh, not so much uh, Warner Brothers as Walt Disney. So, hmm. Walt okay. Disney was not my best friend. He was not a nice guy. He, besides being a racist and an anti-Semite, he uh, was uh, anti-union. He was a union buster. He was... Uh, the, the story is 1941, but 10 years later when uh, McCarthy went up and the Red Scare and everything mm -hmm. was going on in Hollywood, right. the HUAC, the House Un-American Activities uh -huh. right. Commission... Right. Um, committee. The House on American committee, committee. Not commission. Yeah. Committee. Yeah. 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 HUAC. So when, when HUAC was going on, it wasn't even like, oh, well, if you leave me alone, I'll, I'll give you a couple of names. 
Walt Disney uh, was like, hey, you know who sucks? All uh, of these Jesus reds. Christ. Oh my God. They want raises. They oh must be communists. Why am I not surprised? Yeah, he was he was a, a pretty lousy guy. Which is, uh, and, it, it, and which also continues a bad. to remain very entertaining to me because yeah. the amount of narrative whitewashing that the Disney Corporation does to lovingly posture Walt Disney as, yeah. you know, America's grandfather and this loving storyteller that has come up with uh, all right. of these amazing technological innovations and blah, 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 blah. It's well, <laughs> well, I mean, yes and no, though, right? Because, but, well, here's the thing. His uh, the the trick that he would show off is how yeah. you could draw Mickey Mouse with a quarter and two dimes because mm-hmm. he wasn't a good artist. Right, right. Um, the good he was he was really good at hiring people. Yeah. And he was also that, really good at and, and that was like that was as far in the management right. where he was successful. Yeah, he was good at the hiring, yeah. but everything after you're hired, he was mean yeah. and bad. Um, no, he he presented guys himself like, as an amazing master of ceremonies, and that was the yeah. that was the sell. You know, the rest yeah. of the like the the commercial world kind of got sold on the idea of. Look at this guy who's putting himself in front of all of the Disney film reels and saying, hello, I'm Walt Disney. I'm the guy with the well, name, you know. You know what he's, uh, he's similar to John Kay, John Chris Felusi from oh, Red and Stimpy, where yeah. he's really good at uh, finding the right talent. Surrounding himself yeah. with talented, creative people. Yeah. Uh, doing a fraction of the work and taking all of the credit, putting yeah. his name in front of everything and yeah. going around shouting, Hey, aren't I the greatest? Look at all yeah. my great stuff. Everyone yep. else is a bunch of chumps, but not mm. me. I'm the only one that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah John Kay also did bad things. Yeah. We're not going to get into it. Bad yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I mean, he was a hero of mine. Which doesn't matter because he did bad things and hurt people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like wow. Yeah, same mm, shit actually just suck, went dude. down recently with Joss Whedon as well, and that's one that Amanda and I. That's have been, been like, trickling in for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. we've been Stories watching the plane crash on that. Yeah, and it's it's like a damn shame. I don't know. Well, it's not so much a damn shame as much as it's one of those where the damn burst. There'll be like well, a trickle. Yeah. And a rumor. Yeah. And then the dam burst. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the thing I always say is, you know, I always say smash the old icons, right? Because yes. when these guys get, um, when they get too um, big and rich and, and full up on themselves, um, they, they think that their shit don't sting. And they think that they can get away with certain yep. things that um, yep. are just downright horrible. And, and that's how you get a Louis C.K. And that's yeah. how you get a Bill Cosby. And that's yeah. how you get... And that's how you, you get know. Michelle fucking Trachtenberg, who was 15 at the time, and had... Well, well, the during the filming of Buffy, and had just come off of Nickelodeon, apparently just releasing last week that there was a reason that Joss Whedon was not allowed in the same room as her during the production of Buffy, which is creepy oh. as hell. Oh, but anyway, wow. 
Yeah. That yeah. is bad. So I'm going to pull you back to Weston Soda because I'm going to note yeah, that I just saw nice. a Bullwinkle cameo, Ooh. which is fucking hilarious. I love oh, it. Oh, well, it, it's not Bullwinkle. It's okay. just a moose. Okay, it's just a generic moose. It's a All moose right. head. Right. Um, so, yeah, like I say, um, international release was mm. not nearly as fast Fifty, sixty years ago. So yeah, Yeah. they wouldn't have gotten Bullwinkle uh, by sixty-five. Okay. So all right, my mistake. Anyway, uh, we were talking about Walt Disney, Uh and how Walt Disney gets you to Weston Soda. So Walt Disney, crappy guy. Yeah. Crappy guy, mean, crappy, sucks, bad artist. Yeah. Talentless. He was a good businessman, meaning, give me all the money. That's being good at business is mm-hmm. I would like all the money, please. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Good day. All right. So in 1941, uh, this is right after the back to back to back to back to back hits. They had uh, uh, Snow White changed animation. Everyone mm-hmm. went, wow. Oh, my God. And then you had uh, Cinderella and Fantasia, yeah. which actually everyone was uh, Fantasia was a bomb. It wasn't until years later that they were like, "Oh no, it's our classic Fantasia," yeah. and then it's people the are like, "Oh hit yeah, machine thing, yeah, yeah." It's, the it's like a generator. Same thing as uh, what's the Christmas movie? Um, the angel uh, gets its wings when the bell. When you oh, ring the bell. Um, not Jimmy a Stewart, Christmas Donna story. Reed. Um, hold on, hold on. Um, Mir- not, miracle? No. No, I almost uh, said it's miracle a wonderful life. It's, it's a, a wonderful life. life. Yeah. Total bomb. No yeah. one cared. 20 years later, uh, we need something to run on TV. Here, this is cheap. And they oh ran it, and then it becomes a tradition. Dan, the bad what? guy horse in Weston Soda. Yeah. He He's branded with a skull and crossbones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everything about I'm it sorry. is great. I'm sorry. Go. go. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so, so Disney had these... Uh, string of hits 1941 they're working on Dumbo uh-huh. and uh, uh, they have around 800 animators and about maybe 900 and about 200 a little more than 200 of them go on strike Okay. Uh, for right. pay so. and, yeah. and everything yep. um, and, yeah. and uh, it goes on for about 5 weeks this strike okay. And uh, um, in the end, a whole bunch of people quit. Okay. Um, among the people who quit, Disney, in 41, uh, Walt Kelly, who went on to do the Pogo cartoon, oh, wow, which yeah, is yeah. one of the greatest comic strips. Yeah. I love Pogo. Oh, interesting. Um, Hank Ketchum, who did Dennis the Menace. Yeah. Um, Preston Blair, who did... The how to draw textbook. It I I mean I'm not an art student at all, but I have a copy of this book. It's a it's fantastic. It's it's it was the first like here's your line of movement. Then you put in your ovals and your I know and this stuff. book. Yeah, he did that, and then everyone. Amanda else did has it. this book in her in her yeah. library. Yeah. So. So Preston Blair did that, and then everybody else was like, oh, this seems to work. We should also copy this method. Yeah, right, right, um, right. 
And yes. then him and a bunch of folks went over to work with Tex Avery over at mm-hmm. uh, MGM. Yeah. And, you know, Tex Avery did all the, the you know, droopy and mm-hmm. right, right, red right. hot. Uh, red Hot Riding Hood and the right, Wolf. Who, right, right, right. Who, the Fox with the jaw dropping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Hollywood Wolf whose right, tongue right. goes out over the table and everything. Yeah. Anyway, um, so among these people who quit Disney in 41, mm-hmm. uh, a cluster of them went and formed this company called UPA. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. UPA. Who is um? God, I've seen that logo with so many shows. Tom and Jerry, right? No. No. Tom and Jerry was uh, AAP. AAP. That's why. Okay. All right. All right. Was yeah. Was Tom and Jerry and Popeye and stuff. UPA started out doing uh, Defense Department cartoons. They did that for a while. Oh, neat. It was United Produce. United Productions of America. And they started okay. out doing, uh, you know, it was World War One. We just entered the war and right. they needed cartoons to teach the GIs, mm-hmm. you know, how to how to clean their rifles and how to right. prevent foot fungus and how to not get VD and all that stuff. I wonder if UPA was and responsible that's where these guys for uh, Yertle the Turtle and Duck and Cover. Um, the, uh, the, the, the I, nuclear anyway uh, doesn't matter doesn't matter it just i'm trying to i'm i'm i think seuss worked for them so there's a good chance i'm i yeah. i feel certain that uh dr seuss ted geisel worked there theodore geisel excuse me yeah. um i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that that they were that they did that yeah yeah i just looked it up it's uh yeah, Bert, Bert the Turtle, Duck and Bert Cover, turtle, yeah. 1952, and um, yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. Go on, I'm sorry. So, so UPA. So UPA, um, there are two big ones. Uh, they did a bunch of Mr. Magoo cartoons. Oh, cool. All right, all right, all right. They did the Twilight Zone titles with the oh, door flying through space. Um, but their really cool one that everyone still knows is Gerald McBoing Boing. They did yes. that. Yes. Boing Boing. Yeah, yeah. 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 The little I boy who Joel talks McBoing in sound Boing. effects. Yeah. So yeah. that was UPA. God, and, that was such a good, um, yeah, that was a super good cartoon. But what UPA did, um, you were talking about walking away from the Looney Tunes, Walt Disney style. So mm-hmm. what UPA did, and a lot, and, and other similar things uh around that time the 50s the early 50s and you saw this in like um breakfast cereal commercials and stuff um Mm -hmm. is where you would instead of having some realistic fully articulated person you would have a rectangle with a crazy face sticking out with little black ovals instead of eyeballs yeah exactly Um, yep yep and it was it was simplistic it was yeah. almost primitive at times. And it absolutely um, broke away from the everybody's a series of ovals, which was the Disney style. Which was, yeah, uh, Disney yeah. and Warners. The, yeah, yeah. The fancy guys. Uh-huh. Um, and, and to their, uh, it, it should be pointed out, they also looked at um, what Chuck Jones was doing over at Warners. Mm. With his stuff like the Dover Boys... And what's opera doc? You know, you look mm-hmm. at those cartoons, and he 
was really starting to mess with uh, fanciful backgrounds, you know, backgrounds that are more mm-hmm. like a Matisse than yeah. a Van Gogh. You know, yeah. you, a lot more pink and orange and yep. purple. Yep. You know, yeah, green it's funny because sky. when I think of what's opera doc, I think as much of Bugs and Elmer as I do of those lush, really wild, stylistic backgrounds yeah. that were behind them during the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so so UPA was uh, inspired both by their their disgruntledness with the Disney system and um, by what all these other people were doing around the place. And they were, you know, a bunch of talented artists in their own right. And so they went for the simplistic style that not only did it look neat, and it was more like what you were seeing in the comic strips in the 30s and the 40s and 50s than what you were seeing in, in shorts and feature-length cartoons um, at the time. And it was really good. That sort of style became really popular in advertising, um, TV show openings, think uh, like the Bewitched opening. You know, right. you've got this yeah, caricature exactly. flying in front yep. of a, you know, kind of uh, simplistic silhouette of a city. Um, yeah, but also a simplistic silhouette of the city, which is highly influenced by Art Deco imagery. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because that was concurrent with the time. Well, uh, Art Deco was like anyway. the 20s. I'm sorry, not not Art Deco, but... Um, uh, there's another term for that art style. Anyway, uh, sorry. Maybe pop art. That might have been a little yeah. later. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. So, but, but what it does is it's sort of like there's this great big balance. Um, in not all cases. I'm sure you could have it both ways, whatever. But if you are really um, detailed um, and true to life, then it's going to be like more and more photorealistic you know like uh yeah you know a lot of the snow white sleeping beauty uh type stuff was rotoscoped where you take footage of uh, actual actors and then the animators go over and trace it it, basically with like a light box and trace it into a cartoon whereas you could also be like Tex Avery, where eyeballs fly out of the guy's head and fall on the table <laughs> and bounce like ping pong balls. Um, or you could do like UPA. You know, if you think of the, uh, speaking of Hank Ketchum, the Dennis the Menace opening credits for the 1950s TV show, the circa 1960 TV show uh, that ran mm-hmm. on Nick at Night when we were little kids. Um, it's this little whirlwind with a cowboy hat on it is flying around and that's Dennis, you know, it's, it's a scribble. It's crude. Yeah. But it's effective. Um, Yeah. Because it delivers the message of this is who this character is. This is what this character is all about. And we don't need, um, the Disney Warner, uh, everybody's a series of, uh, you know, juicy, squeezable, uh, uh, cylinders in order to demonstrate who this character is. Yeah. You know, we can just do single frame of Dennis, single frame, you know, maybe three alternating frames of Tornado, and then 
there's Dennis again. Exactly. You know. And uh, yeah. anyway. And yeah, it's it's very much uh, my artistic style, my doodle style. Yeah. I'm not an artist. I doodle. Right. Right. Um, uh, my wife Mary, she is very good. Uh, she can do detail. It looks realistic. It is interpretive on top of the realism. I'm like, wow, how'd you do that? And then oh, all, yeah, Mary's art is amazing. And then I'll do a doodle of a guy and his face is all stupid and his teeth are bugging out and his <laughs> hair is dumb. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a little doodle. And she goes, wow, how'd you do that? So, like, we're like, I can't do what she does and she doesn't do what I do. And so we're Vice both. Vice versa. Yeah, right. Um, but with a, a dumb little doodle, you can be yeah. very expressive and you get your point across like a bumper sticker. There's, like, yeah, bumper stickers so are not with... artistic, but you get the point across. Yep. <laughs> That's how my doodles yeah. are. <laughs> right, um, right. But speaking of the way that you describe Dennis with the one to three cells is what UPA pioneered. We're getting so close to this movie. It's well, We might make it within an hour. So sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> limited animation. Limited animation is where you have a few different cells instead of, oh, well, I got to get from A to B. So, Mm. you know, I'll have to fully animate this person walking and that'll be, you know, 24 different frames to get the whole Mm. cycle of of taking two steps. Mm. Or you could do like Hanna-Barbera and, you know, just show them from the waist up and they're it's just one frame with nothing moving except for right. the lips <laughs> yep. and occasionally yep. that blinks limited animation yep. extremely cheap yeah but extremely effective if the caricature you've created is a sufficiently good like uh, starting palette yeah. for uh, stretching them in these very basic different directions. When you anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no one's watching Scooby for the for the animation. Nope. N- you're watching it for who's the monster going to be? Will they catch him? Yeah. Right. right. Uh, and so you know, Looney Tunes you watch because it's drawn funny, and you can put it on right. mute and it's funny. If you put Scooby Doo on yep. mute, it ain't funny. Yeah, exactly. Um, so limited animation comes, continues, and you get your Rocky and Bullwinkle, and you get your Roger Ramjet, and you get your West and Soda. It's stuff where it yep. is cheap, and you can tell it's cheap. Yep. Like, the yep. stuff costs a dollar. But yeah. just because it's cheap doesn't mean it has to be bad. Yeah, You know, those old blues records... People listen to them for a reason. They were made yeah. in a shack for a right. nickel, but they're great. Yeah. And it's, you know, some like 100-year-old dude with a three-string guitar, and it sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm going to throw out a modern parallel as well real quick here, which is that um, the UPA um, uh, limited frame animation also reminds me a lot of the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, everybody in high school and college has now taken two classes in Macromedia Flash <laughs> and can make Colin Mockery's head 
opening close to <laughs> right. the lyrics of a TV show, yeah. right? It's like, it's not well done, but man, the fact that somebody came up with it makes it hilarious. Yeah, yeah and, we and, all and, have and it's, it's, Flash and, and GIFs now. Cool. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it comes from that charm of, not a lot of work is going to go into this, but the punchline is great. And it would be a shame if I didn't get it out there. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> so yeah. I'm really enjoying Western Soda, by the way. Oh, I'm, I love it. The animation is gorgeous. It's and, so silly. And that's what I'm anyway, saying is when you look at uh, this movie, Western Soda, and mm-hmm. his other stuff, Mr. Rossi, and <laughs> they did a movie about uh, two, two superhero brothers, uh, it's VIP, but they all say VIP. VIP, <laughs> my brother Superman, is the uh, English translation of it. And and so his stuff, it is, it's like Roger Ramjet, where it was made for a dollar, but what you do with that dollar is expressive mm-hmm. and fun. Yep. And yep. there's little... You know, the, the, it's those 50s and 60s cartoons where instead of painting a tree in the background, mm-hmm. you'll have uh, a, that sort of like take a Y and keep adding more prongs on it and then put a yeah. green triangle on, a translucent green triangle on it. There's yep. your tree. You know, like, yep. you get it. It's basic. It's fast. Go. It's very modern. It's very uh, commercial, very advertising, very... What does it mean? I don't know. Very often I don't have the vaguest idea what I'm talking about. You know, this also reminds me a lot as I watch this, uh, as you were mentioning, that makes me think of um, South Park, mm-hmm. where it's like, it's almost cardboard cutouts. Not 100%, right. but it's like the amount of basic um, opposing colors that are needed to create these very simple cartoon characters um, can be done um, with with almost what looks like but not exactly is, you know, either a cardboard cutout or, you know, somebody cutting out a bit of construction paper or, you know, like, give me the acrylic green, give me the <laughs> acrylic brown. Splotchy splotch, trees done. Well, on we go. You know. Uh, you might have fast forwarded over it, but I mean, there are parts where it's like, whoa! There's some gorgeous mm-hmm. colors in this. Um, not, I'm oh, not, yeah. I'm not like dissing what you said, but, um, but yeah, and and I, I do want to step back from South Park because I mean, South Park yeah, yeah, is yeah. basically a puppet show the way that they make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um. Yeah. I keep coming back to Roger Ramjet and they both have similar techniques where you'll have a a trapezoid guy with little stick legs coming out and a goofy head. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there might be detail on the trapezoid body where it'll be, you know, little spirals and little curly cues and little squiggles Right. And then you don't right. have to draw that body again because you're just moving that mm-hmm. cell around and changing the face. 
Yeah. Um, they both independently came up with this trick that I love, where if you're trying to show an action shot, instead of doing a lot of uh, frames where the guy moves mm-hmm. around, you just shake the camera. It's so easy. Yeah. You just get a tight close-up of the person's face, and you jiggle the camera. <laughs> and yeah, then it's, I actually just oh watched God. them do that. <laughs> they just did that with the two bad guys in Weston Soda. Yeah. And I was like, I recognize that. That's the Roger <laughs> Ramjet trick. They used that in Rocky Bullwinkle all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and yep. it's what yep. Star Trek did a few years later. Mm-hmm. You know, shake yep. the camera, yep. and everyone falls to the left and falls to the right. And there yep. you go. You got, you got blown up yep. by torpedoes. So, (laughs) so, uh, so yeah, that is sort of the context surrounding this. It's from 1965. It is limited animation, but not in the Hanna-Barbera style, more in the Roger Ramjet, Rocky and Bullwinkle style. And the backgrounds, I cannot overstate this, are gorgeous oh my god yeah gorgeous, i was actually i'm glad gorgeous. you got to that point yeah i'm glad you just got to that because they just did the establishing shot for the cowboy and um his uh friend coming into town and the establishing shot of the town is jaw-dropping yeah. for the for the like for the use of the color selective use of color and selective use of lines in order to do you know the 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 most simple kind of pop art version of here we are in an innocent town in the middle of the west it's it's perfect yeah. it's picture perfect it's just so impressive yeah yeah and the the backgrounds remind me of uh more than anyone remind me of mary blair another mm. disney refugee um <laughs> who she did a lot of the you know the little golden books the kids' books. Oh, cool. Those, right. you know, where it's animals in the woods or something. Those gorgeous, gorgeous, right. gorgeous paintings are Mary Blair. Right. Uh, okay. Mary, oh my God, Mary, she's on a whole nother planet. She's just fantastic. And yeah, she came out of Disney. Um, and, but it's that same sort of um, rich, warm so much texture in these backgrounds um you can tell like the boulders and the cliffs look like they were done um sort of you start with like a tan shape and then you add texture with a dark brown or a black uh sponge and just go um yep and we got our rocks exactly it's so fantastic um and it it's just it's really magical um, and it looks lived in. It's like it's why I always like Star Wars stuff more than Star Trek. Is Star Wars looks lived yeah. in, like old westerns, like right. '60s westerns, right. where it's like busted and dirty, and rusty, yeah. and everyone's like had a long day, month, year. <laughs> um, yeah, I so I really I'm, really I'm gonna drop it. I'm gonna drop context real quick and. Um, for anybody that wants to quickly uh, visually bring up the imagery analogous to the stuff that Mary Blair did, think the pokey little puppy golden book. 
Done. Even though the actual illustrator for the Pokey Little <laughs> yeah, Puppy is another guy named Gustav Tengren. Yeah. But his art style and Mary Blair's art style is almost identical. It's that same golden book, picturesque, everything is made out of a squishy little stress ball oval that you could squeeze and love and hug. <laughs> the key difference, the key difference between... From, from me, from at a glance looking at it, the key difference between the Warner Disney side of the world in terms of creating squishy characters and the Mary Blair, Gustav Tengren, um, Golden Book side of the world is that the Golden Book folks get rid of their reference lines. Yeah. It's like where, yeah. where Disney leaves the black lines around the characters, the Golden Book artists remove the lines and all you get is just the, the, the beautiful kind of little basic stylized acrylic circles. Anyway, I'll tell so you, if, that's my that's my deviation there. I apologize. If you want to know Mary Blair off the top of your head, the 1950s Alice in Wonderland Disney cartoon, yes. she did the backgrounds. That's ah, Mary Blair. So okay. the whole setting of Wonderland, that's Mary Blair. Okay. Neat. Um, all right, all right, got it. Yeah, got she it, did a, uh, mostly backgrounds. Um over at Disney. Yeah, it's just, and, and yeah, children's books, a lot of children's book art. She's, ugh, she's just the best. I love her so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, so this movie, <laughs> um, sorry. Hey, I'm rambling too. Uh, it is astonishingly foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. 1965 is when this movie came out. It started production before, but came out just after. And the two are, are cousins. It feels like it feels like they're related. Uh, came out the same year as fistful of dollars. The first oh, wow. of Sergio Leone's uh, Man with No Name Spaghetti Westerns with Clint Eastwood. Whoa, really? So Western Soda is concurrent with Fistful they of Dollars. They were made the same year, both in Italy. Holy shit. And Holy shit. you see, <laughs> it was uh, it was the concurrent ideas. It was, you know, when right. how, uh, <clears throat> how uh, Newton and... Who's the other guy? They both yeah. came up with calculus around the same time. Spinoza? Um, I want to say uh, Spinoza. No, 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 no. It, it, I don't on. know. Um, Who cares? Anyway, but uh, you put, you know, different people. It's, te it's Tesla. It's Tesla and Edison. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but yeah, anyway. Different people in the same world come up with mm -hmm. the similar things. The same way, right, oh, right. a thing happened. Here's. 20,000 Twitter people making the same dumb joke. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and, and none of them are ripping each other off. They just, they all got to the same place in the same context in yep. the same, uh, yep. the same setting. And so yep. Leone's Festival of Dollars and, uh, West and Soda come out the same year, both from Italy and they mm. just, they rhyme. Except yeah. one is serious and one yeah. is hilarious. Um, yeah. They are both Just silly. They're both love letters to Westerns. Mm -hmm. They both um, 
deconstruct westerns, take yeah. them apart, stretch them out, what makes them tick. Oh, right, these right, long right. suspenseful shots. You like those, huh? Here's a really, yeah. really long one. Right, which really trope from Western really hits home. Let's use that. And the the soundtracks are similar. Um, uh, different different composers. Western Soda is uh, music is by uh, Giampiero Boneschi. Um, okay. And uh, the uh, at, at least the fam- the most famous soundtrack, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, w- was uh, Ennio Morricone. Who is holy crap? What a great composer! Uh huh. Um, and every different style you could imagine, Morricone composed in it. Fabulous guy. Yeah. Um, I th- and nailed it each time. Yeah, I think he died like last year. Anyway, or four years ago. I don't know. Um, yeah. So they're both. So, both the movies come out at the same time, and like I say, they both sort of deconstruct and play with. What can you do with a Western? How do Westerns go? Well, they kind of go like this, don't they? Um, and where, you know, you have your your John Ford Western set in Monument Valley and you see the, the majesty of these crazy mountains just jumping up out of the ground and then little right. tiny people. Here you'll have a mountain that looks like a potato in the background with a little tiny... <laughs> <laughs> a little tiny carriage going by it. Um, and yeah. then it'll cut to the bad guy of the cartoon who takes up, you know, four fifths of the screen with his, his big dumb face. Right. <laughs> and his Your name sure fits you. You are gruesome. Um, yeah, they're, they're very, they're very self-aware of Western tropes, Western style, Western cliches, um, and that's the one thing I am really enjoying as I'm watching this. Uh, I mean, I am watching it on mute, but the but I'm I'm enjoying the fact that each one of the bad guys um, is a each one of the bad guys is an amalgamation of every Western bad guy yeah. you've seen. Yeah. Whether it's the big heavy bad guy or the tall skinny scary bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, my God, the it's big great. heavy dumb guy. It's great. <laughs> And then, and then the skinny psychopath, uh, quick draw guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And right. and they're right. the henchmen for the money yeah. guy who's trying to steal the land, who's trying to buy the land from yeah. the heroine. And 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 the money guy is every version of Boss Hog going back yes. to when film was invented. Yes, he is. He is the Boss Hog prototype. Yeah. Ten yeah. years before Boss Hog. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but down to, I mean, you know, I talked about John Ford. You, as, as you go from John Ford in the 30s and 40s and you progress through the 50s with, you know, Shane and then start to get like psychological and then you get up to the 60s and you get to your, your, your Leone and your, uh, 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 who's the guy who did Once Upon a Time in the West? 
and he did um, Bonnie and Clyde, and he did um, slow uh, slow motion machine guns, lots of squibs, very bloody. Monty Python did a parody of them where it's a uh, everyone's wearing white uh, tennis clothes uh, in like 1900, and then in Peckinpah, Sam Peckinpah. Sam Peckinpah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Monty Python did Sam Peckinpah's like you know, brunch at the tennis club. And it's all these people, all right. these posh people in their, in their 1900 white suits and dresses. And then <laughs> everything goes wrong. And a, someone gets a tennis racket through their stomach and someone's arm comes off <laughs> and blood sprays everywhere and everyone's right. screaming. Right. <laughs> it's it's right. Sam Peckinpah's salad days. That's what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, excellent, excellent, excellent parody. Anyway, uh, so what between while you're on the path to Peck and Paw, you you have this era where you have, you know, the camera angles start they leave the ground and they start going up in the air and they go from a ladder to a tall ladder to a helicopter and you get further and further yeah. out and right. it, and the angle gets more and more um um, more and more perpendicular and more and more looking down yeah. and, and you get more and more of the psychological the anxiety the stress um, uh-huh. of of these styles and you get to that point where there's a lot of similar technique between comedy and horror yeah you know if you look at editing styles and you know yeah. You look at like because Nickelodeon with horror, cartoons play... with the close up gross outs. Yeah. You know, SpongeBob yeah, and you and then they'll do a close up gross out. You're like, oh God. And it's yeah. that gross out uh horror slash comedy similar vocabulary where Right. And it's the same thing where it, except with, if you're like Leone or Peckinpah, you're doing suspense and you're a very serious artist and all that stuff. But if you're this guy no. Uh, uh, um, Bozzetto then it's just for a goof but it's a yeah. beautiful goof <laughs> and it's, such, it's so well done yeah yeah. I couldn't help but think about like um, what is it uh, Kubrick's um, the grotesque mm. uh, where it's like get as close to the person's face as you can make the, make the, uh, the viewer uncomfortable with the fact that they're showing the person and the extreme lighting on the person uh, at the moment that that person's going to break. And it's like when they did, when, when that was originated in horror and, and, and also in the anxious moments of uh, Westerns, because Leone absolutely did that. Yeah, like that's, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a key part of the, the ecstasy of gold scene in Good, uh, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. Is, is the grotesque. Yeah. And it's like when you do it in the Western, it's done for dramatic effect. When you do it in something like Once Upon a Time in the West or when you do it in like Western Soda, it's done because it's like, yeah, yeah, we know that this is a gag. Yeah, this and is a yeah, thing they Yeah, do. we're totally going to take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, and the, God, Once Upon a Time in the West is just such, it's such a good Western and it takes forever. Mm-hmm. It takes forever yep. for anything to happen. Where you just right. stand, I mean, that first, like, ten minutes, nothing happens. It's, it's guys waiting for a train. 
and then the train comes the end of the and it takes forever but god it's so good yeah um whereas this is like bam 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 joke 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 and yep. they condense a two-hour western they could have condensed it into half an hour but they wanted to fill it with jokes Nope. <laughs> so it's an hour 15 <laughs> but it does have all of the jokes it has the uh, the plot is actually a fairly typical plot the villain who's the, the money guy the boss hog guy is named Gruesome and uh, mm-hmm. Gruesome has all the land in the area except the one little patch that you can grow anything on which belongs to Darling Clementine, the, the beautiful, innocent woman. He tries right. threatening her. She won't give the land. He tries seducing her. Won't give her the land. Uh, she manages to hold out. The stranger Johnny comes to town. Uh, and they, the, the villains find out that he has a gold nugget. So they kidnap him and try to find out where'd you get the gold? Where'd you get the gold? Where'd you get the gold? Uh, there is a... Uh, and he's, you know, trying to protect Clementine from these people. And, and uh, there's a great, a really great scene where they, they've got Johnny and they're trying to torture him to tell them where the gold is. And so they bury him up to his neck and they sick the ants on him. I just watched that. And the it ants are amazing. coming up and Johnny. Oh, God, it was so funny. He, he, <laughs> he uh, flips his cigarette around and burns the ants with yep. the cigarette. Oh, they go. They yep. go. And so they come <laughs> at with like a, they build like a ramp they build some sort of wooden structure and they come back and he sets it on fire with his flipped around cigarette mm-hmm. oh they go so they come yep. back waving a little <laughs> tiny white flag yep. and so they're they're while they're doing their truce yep. a whole bunch of other ants come up behind them and swarm all over him yep. <laughs> it's really funny also also i want to point out oh it's a little it's a little tiny follow- train they build a little yeah. tiny wooden train yeah. out of like matchsticks, and he sets it on yeah, fire. Yeah, they're with gonna run him over with. <laughs> I also want to point out that the scene, the scene directly after that, is um, it's got this great scene where the the way that he escapes is that he basically puts his arm out and it's like, Wing! and he's flying along, having put his arm out and caught the. Um, stagecoach that's um under siege by the um the indian tribe that's that's yeah. chasing it yeah and the thing that i love about this is that this is like the fourth time now in the in the movie that the stagecoach chasing chasing the indians it's a running joke first off yeah but the other beauty of it is that it's not just a running joke it's the transport medium Instead of it being Johnny the Stranger coming in or out of town on the train, it's Johnny the Stranger coming in or out of town on the stagecoach to be yeah. chased by Indians. Yeah, that we've been that we've seen since the beginning. Joke. Yeah, yes, it's just it's goofy and dumb. It's great, it's and so the good. and when they do the close up on the chase, it's the same. Yeah. You know, it's an extreme close up, and the camera shakes, and they go ah, right. and so it's very yep, exciting. Yep. It's great. Yep. So he gets to town. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, he gets to town, and the the saloons, you know, the hooker at the saloon wants to make Clementine jealous. So she's like, "Hey, Johnny, mm. hey, mm. uh, uh, he leaves, and all the all the farm animals at Clementine's are all crying, and that's a hilarious scene. All these animals <laughs> crying. 
Yeah, I yeah, I haven't seen that oh yet. Oh my god. Um uh the the villains anyway, it all it all ends up with a shootout. And the shootout takes forever. <laughs> and it I it it ends up being a parody. It it really looks like it. if you didn't know the timeline, you would swear it's a parody of the three-way yeah. standoff at the end of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Except, oh, interesting. Except that movie didn't come out for another four years. <laughs> so it was concurrent. So it just happened that they were uh, that uh, Bruno was uh, surprisingly prescient. Yeah, yeah, he was four <laughs> years early. That's awesome. Um, That's fantastic. Oh God, it's so good. I mean, and. The thing, uh, there's a there's a gunfight. God, it's just so good. There's a there's a gunfight where the characters become silhouettes. It's just yeah. black silhouettes with extremely active backgrounds that are sort okay. of varying shades of a single color. Right. It looks like, again, being prescient. It looks psychedelic, yeah. but it's 1965. Uh, it's, right, right. It's so we're two, not there it's yet. It's two or three years too early for that. Right, it, right, it's, right, right. It's so stylistically ahead of its time. Um, yeah. And just the wall-to-wall jokes. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the first shot of the movie, the opening credits, there's the title start and there's the cowboy standing there, the gunslinger. And he pulls yeah. out his gun slowly, and he gets hit with an arrow. <laughs> yep. And yep. he he tries again, and he's shot with another arrow. Yeah. Tries again, shot with another one. Uh, then with a couple. Then with a few. <laughs> and, yeah. And every time he moves, it's like 20 arrows. <laughs> and he turns around, and he's shot all over right. his back. It's hilarious. Right. Um, Clementine has a dog. You're watching with the sound off. The uh, the dog is a drunk. What kind of a? Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw that. He's always got his little uh, bottle with him. Yeah. You, you know what? You know what kind of dog he is. What is what type of dog? He's a booze hound. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I will. I am gonna do a little deviation again, and I'll also note. You were talking about, you know, it costs them pennies to make, you know, the art, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that, it, so, you know, my wife is uh, um, just going back into um, uh, her art career after a long while away. And um, one of the things that stood out to me because she's been, you know, experimenting with different two-dimensional mediums uh, is that um, the backgrounds, I now recognize the, 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 the backgrounds themselves it looks like they're basically drawn with ballpoint pen and then they are whatever paint they're painted with is the least expensive type of paint you can get <laughs> which is watercolor yeah so so it's like that is what they it looks draw like, the yeah. yeah they draw the background and then whoever is whoever is coloring the background is like let's see here brown gray blue we're done right you know yeah and um that's and then that's it. There's the background, and it's done, and they can move on to drawing the you know the main frames for the characters. And it's you know when you look at the credits, it's you know it's one of these. It's like yes, it's a feature length animated movie, but 
Right. It's also like, I don't know, like 25 people made it. It's a really yeah. small crew. And when right. you think about how much work goes into animating a minute of a cartoon, yeah. like this is a right. really tiny, tiny crew. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at the yeah, credits of a cartoon, it's it goes on for days. Yeah. In contrast to the very thing that you said earlier today or earlier in this episode, which was 900 animators on one <laughs> yeah. of the Disney productions. Is how yeah. many were working at Disney. Yeah. And they did one feature yeah. at a time. And, you know, shorts. Right, right. That was back when right. they did uh, shorts that were funny. Actually, their new shorts from the last few years, they've gotten funny again. So mm. hats off uh, Disney. You, you remembered how to be funny like you were 80 <laughs> years ago. Right. Um, good job. <laughs> hey, good job. Hats off. I'm, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy that Goofy is funny again. It, yeah. Um, the, the, goofy, the Goofy exercise videos. Those oh are, God, that's the mm. best one. Yeah, chef's kiss. Chef's Hello, kiss. fat. <laughs> He's looking in the mirror. For some reason, my brother and I latched onto that when we were kids. And to this day, he'll call me and goes, hello, fat. And we're just <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. Um, and the look Goofy makes when he's like, oh. Yeah. I love, there's oh. a bit where, uh, <laughs> where um, uh, Clementine and Johnny are talking. And uh, Johnny... Uh, is the hero and, and the heroine and uh, he's he says it's like how come you don't wear your guns anymore he's like oh well it's because of my complexes and <laughs> she's like, well what kind of complexes did you have They're like oh well I used to wear guns but uh, I was talking with my analyst I was talking with my analyst and I accidentally shot him <laughs> So, so now I only shoot at cans, and even then, only with my fingers. <laughs> She's like, "Wow, you must be an amazing." Uh, she she said he he starts shooting with finger guns and goes, "Wow, you're really good." He goes, "Oh yeah, with a little practice, anyone can learn to shoot without a gun." <laughs> just these non just stupid just nonsense. Deadpan. Yeah, right, right. There's a. And there's a wonderful, wonderful grotesque, getting back to grotesque, where Gruesome <laughs> has this big, lavish dinner, and he picks up an entire roast pig with yeah, a fork and shoves yep. it in his mouth. Yep. Yep. And he's yep. talking, yep. there's a big old bone sticking out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. And and the greatest, I love that <laughs> a bit of the animation for that scene is that he typewriters the pig that's obviously in his mouth. Yeah. And it's go, like, go, chick, go, chick, go, chick, go, chick, go. Chick, and the thing that comes out the other side are the bones. Yeah. Each time the teeth do the typewriter motion. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's oh, awesome. Great. There's And then there's actual, like, joke jokes. You know, there's style yeah. jokes, which is like, wow, that's really, that's a really funny way to draw that. And yep, then there's like yep, yep. proper jokes where there's a chase and one of the horse, a horse gets a flat hoof and he has to <laughs> jack him up and yep. open up his butt and pull out a spare and fix. Yep. It's so. Yeah. The other one that I liked so was silly. when they got into town uh, in order to stop the stagecoach chase. Uh, he pulls the handle yeah. <laughs> inside the stagecoach just like it's a public transit bus. Right. 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 I was like, oh, that's great. Oh, this is my stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. The uh, 
I should point out uh, while before I forget um, yeah. while I'm uh, um, complimenting Roger Ramjet, which I just absolutely adore. Um, yeah. The writers uh, for that show, and it's oh wow, is that a writer? You know, when you have five dollars, you better have a good writer. <laughs> And a, yeah, right. and a good background artist. Um, right, right. The writers for Roger Ramjet, Gene Moss and Jim Thurman, you know what their next, maybe not the next thing, but pretty soon after that, what they wrote? Mm. Did you ever see this? Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. Did you ever no, see that? Don't know that one. Oh, no, man. Don't know that one. I no. hope it's on YouTube or one of the streamers or something. Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. It is, it's so dumb. It's chimpanzees and it's a spy sitcom. Uh, it's like Get Smart with with Chimps. Oh, I know. And okay. it's actual, so, it's actual real life chimps wearing yep. wigs and hats and little overcoats. Mm-hmm. And, okay. you know, the, the femme fatale is named Mata Harry. You know, stupid. It's stupid <laughs> stuff like that, and it's the same writers as Roger Ramjet. Uh, one of them. So I haven't seen this in. I haven't seen this, actually, but I know that you and I have collectively seen clips from it all throughout uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, it would pop up there because sometimes. I'm looking at the stock imagery of this. And I know that they used clips from this in Space Ghost. This is another anyway. one that I would see on Nick at Night when I was, like, five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was, like, Lancelot Link, uh, Get Smart, The Monkees, all those old really funny shows. Right, um, right. Jim Thurman, one of the two Ramjet writers, he did Teeny Little Super Guy on Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Uh, and he wrote uh, on The Muppet Show song. Anyway. But it's, so it's, you know, you gotta be funny. You gotta have some good ideas. And that's, oh, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, teeny little super guy. That's pretty creative animation style. You made, you know, stop motion of a cup going up and down through the counter and popping up somewhere else. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was neat. But, uh, so anyway, so, so uh, the other thing that this uh, director, Bruno Bazzetto, he did a lot of stuff. Um, I think he's still around. Um, the first thing that I ever saw that he did that I only found out while reading about him in the mid nineties, mid to late nineties, Hanna-Barbera had a show. I might've, I think it was on Cartoon Network. It was like right when Cartoon Network started. It was called the What a Cartoon Show. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And they would show, like, three different cartoons in a half hour. And, you know, I, th- I think that's, like, where Johnny Bravo and Powerpuff Girls started, might have been on that show. Okay. And one of the ones that they showed was called Help. And when I saw the name, I was like, wait a minute. And it, and it immediately burst into my memory. It's this sort of yeah. just a big oval of a cat this like bluish purplish cat and he hurts his finger and he goes to the hospital to try to get his finger tended to and he and he shows his finger to the you know to the doctor help 
and the doctors right, right. are all incompetent and crazy and goofy, and it's really really funny. Um, yeah. He also did back in the, I guess probably like late sixties, a movie yeah. called Allegro Non Tropo, which is a parody of Fantasia. Okay. And right off the bat, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna do this this brand new idea where where the conductor will come out and lead the orchestra, and and we have an artist here, and they point." And there's a, a guy playing an artist, uh, and he's going to draw cartoons that go along with this classical music, and it'll be amazing. It's never been done before. It's unprecedented, a brand new idea. And then he gets a phone call. Excuse me one minute. Uh, Walt who? I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we're going to keep going with it. And <laughs> just like immediately, yes, we're ripping off Fantasia. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's funny. And they rip it off. And it's that is not... Uh, cheap and crappy and dumb. It must have been later because it was like one of them was a little more psychedelic kind of mushrooms and elves and fairies but still a little bit funny a little bit kind of like horny funny. Um, It reminded me the movie remind the, the cartoons from it reminded me a lot more of like heavy metal. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. Which was like 1980 or so. Mm -hmm. That sort of like kind of cosmic, kind of psychedelic, kind of punk rock, kind of glam rock. Ralph Bakshi. Ralph, Uh, very Ralph Bakshi, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then between the cartoons, there would be, it would come back to the conductor, and the orchestra is is made up entirely of little old ladies, and uh, (laughs) this, this artist who his table keeps falling apart and he's infatuated with the, the, the cleaning lady and everything's going wrong. And it's, it's pretty funny. It's, it's a pretty funny, uh, movie. Um, but that's, that's the other thing that, uh, Bozzetto did. He did like a gazillion things. Um, but those are the ones that are, that are really good. Um, and, you might be able yeah, to catch it on YouTube. Uh, I was looking at that, and I was looking at the images from Lancelot Link, yeah. and I'm I'm now stuck wondering how much of the other Brazetta work plus Lancelot Link influenced um, the music video for uh, Frontier Psychiatrist by the Avalanche. Oh, interesting! Because yeah. God, it God, it just feels so similar. It's just it's it, it's, it's, it's like tapped this, into it's that. It's the same media landscape. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's tapped into that same. Yeah. Uh, background that same what you were fed as a child yeah exactly but it's but it's not direct it's not direct in and out regurgitation it's we're going to send this through a really weird psychedelic filter yeah before it comes out the other side and you're going to go i could swear i recognize that but yeah. it's definitely not what i remember yeah it's yeah. all yeah. echoes and rhymes and and half remembered yeah. dreams uh based yeah, exactly. on what you what you found as a kid yeah i'm totally going to go youtube some clips of lancelot yeah after this that's because it looks awesome it's it's incredibly (laughs) it is not awesome it's great but it's really stupid it's incredibly that's exactly it it's like laughing that level of like really (laughs) stupid but everyone loved it stupid yeah 
Good, um, good. That's what I want. Yeah, and VIP, my brother Superman, VIP, my brother Superman, is another one that's it's it's funny. I found it on YouTube. It was immediately taken down. Yeah. Um, uh, as was um, uh, something else. I forget. But um, oh, and uh, Weston Soda was on YouTube immediately taken down. But it is on Amazon Prime for now. Yeah, that's where I'm watching it right now. Oh, yeah. it's so good. I, it really yeah. that's my favorite thing of all the things that that he's done that I've looked at um, and then uh, yeah the mr. Rossi the shorts are fun uh, yeah. then they did like movies of it in the 80s and it's just like every other 80s cartoon garbage just boring garbage right. you know all the Deke right. and uh, uh, Nez Nezella or something well the Canadian company. Uh, with the polar bear logo. Oh, oh yeah, right. I remember which. I don't yeah, remember, yeah, but yeah. it was all that like boring. Yeah. All that boring schlock. Right. Um, yeah, I just remember the rotating logo and the little kid's voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's uh, Hanna Barbera. Ugh, just limited anim. I shouldn't say Hanna Barbera. They're not the only ones, but limited animation. No, but, but they were definitely the the innovators. Yeah. It's such. I mean, it really shows how important style and imagination is because limited animation is not innately bad or good. Mm -mm. It's just, you know, deep. It's how you use it. Deep cartoons. You know, those eighties cartoons where, you know, Oh, let's have the, let's pick uh, an athlete and have them solve crimes with some neighborhood kids and it's the most boring right. crap you've ever seen. Um, yeah. Versus for the same budget, you could have, you know, Roger Ramjet. It's hilarious. It's great. Everyone should yeah. you know. Rocky and Bullwinkle's awesome. Oh my God. Rocky and Bullwinkle the, is so good. The greatest thing about Rocky and Bullwinkle is that the context for some of the jokes that are a little bit perverse, a little bit off color. It's like when you go back and watch Rocky and Bullwinkle a few years later, you go, oh, oh, that's the other half of that joke. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like Rocky and Bullwinkle was made just as cheaply as, you know, the Deke cartoons and the Mm -hmm. Hanna-Barbera cartoons, except it had people working on it like June Foray doing the voices, doing the acting. Right. And June Foray, uh, R.A.P., is fabulous. Uh, The best description people gave of her, Mm. June Foray, I forget who said this quote, but uh, June Foray is not the female Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc is the male June Foray. Ah. Oh, that's... That's the right. That's the right way to put it. That's the tribute. Mel Blanc did everybody's voice um, in right. cartoons, right. and uh, but June June Foray did it. If you ever wondered if it's a cartoon from the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, you say, "Who's that funny lady?" It's probably June Foray. It might be B. Ben, it might be B. Benaderet. Um, and there was a couple others who did a lot, but June Foray. Right. She's, uh, yeah, she's in lots and lots and lots of stuff. 
I could swear I've heard that anecdote before, and I, I've heard that name before. Probably from me. I just, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that's uh. Uh, that is West and Soda, the 1965 Italian Western cartoon comedy from Bruno Bazzetto. Uh, if you have Amazon, if you have Amazon Prime, it's uh, sitting there waiting for you. Uh, if you search for Bruno Bazzetto, you can find some stuff on YouTube. Some of the uh, Mr. Rossi shorts are on there. It's usually like he'll yeah. go to Venice or he'll go to Paris or, you know, he goes somewhere. Yeah. A thing happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, West and Soda is fantastic. Uh, as of today, it's February 12th right now. As of right now, um, Allegro Non Tropo, Tropo, uh, T-R-O-P-P-O, Allegro Non Tropo is still on YouTube. Might not be there tomorrow. Who knows? Mm. Um, uh, and yeah, just his stuff is so creative and fun. Um, yeah. But... Oh, I, uh, yeah, Vip, my brother, superhero, my brother Superman, is a big, you know, a, a, a big, basically, superhero brother. And then his little tiny weenie, you know, Woody Allen-looking brother, who's mm. not super at all. And they go on an adventure and, and try to save the day. And it's, again, the backgrounds make you go, ooh, wow, good art. And right. then it's cheap and $5. Right. Um, but Oh, by the way, they finally showed the title of the movie. At the end of the movie, oh yeah, 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 the cart that's selling the uh, the the cart that's selling refreshments <laughs> yeah. during the gunfight at the OK Corral yeah. is the Weston Soda cart, yeah, <laughs> which is great. They get it in there at the end. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's so oh, good. Funny. Yeah, it's just yeah. so creative, and it's you know, it's like every every the best things are. It's wall to wall, let whatever it is you're trying to do. If you're trying to make it funny mm-hmm. or cool or interesting or whatever, you do right. that on every aspect of it. Right. And it's just as creative as possible. It's so good. Nice. And it makes so much use of it's of their you know, th- their tied hands. <laughs> that is fantastic. That was so cool. Yeah, Thank you I really love for it. sharing that with us. That's amazing. Weston Soda. That's so cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah, every gag in that was just fantastic. I love it. Oh, that's great. I, I honestly did not expect to talk about it for, uh, what's that, about an hour about an and hour. 20, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, that's about it. That's a few minutes longer than the movie lasts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so go back, uh, find it and start mm-hmm. watching it and then go back and listen to this again. Yeah. And, uh, around the time when I start saying Walt Disney's a bad guy, it'll start getting funny. Yep. And, um, <laughs> I now have to stop before I start watching Lancelot Link's Secret Chimp because, oh yeah, my God, it's, I'm just watching the intro and it's so good. The it's name so of the band goofy. is the Evolution Revolution. <laughs> yeah. And it's right in that psychedelic summer of love. Yeah. Era. Oh, God. This is it's fantastic. so goofy. 
All right, so that's uh, that does it for this episode of the Dan and Aaron Like a Rama. Yes. Aaron, you got to take him out with that sweet, sweet theme music.